Welcome to the Foul Original Podcast, where we take a foul look at professional wrestling. This is episode number 10 of the Hat Take Round Table, NXT TakeOver New York 2019, recorded live after the show on April 5th, 2019 during Wrestlemania week featuring mags from why we watch pod and the new badlands pod on brain Bastar radio and also alpha from alpha review reel you can find him on youtube big thanks for their input and make sure you check them all out the show begins after some important messages from some friends of the foul original show Wrestling fans, do you ever invite friends over who aren't wrestling fans and make them watch wrestling anyway? So do I, but I turned it into a podcast. On the Smart and Friends podcast, I welcome Montreal artists to watch some wrestling with me. Listen to the podcast on its own, or log into your WWE Network subscription and watch along with us. Smart and Friends on Two Finger Guns Club. What's happening, wrestling fans? I am Conrad Cushman, the host of Everything Pro Wrestling. Everything Pro Wrestling is a show by the fans for the fans. And you guys can listen to my podcast on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Now, let's get back to the Foul Original Podcast. Welcome back to the Hat Take Roundtable, episode number 10. Uh, joined, what? first of all, what a bloody takeover that was. What a bloody amazing NXT takeover. Um, we were just saying in the pre-chat, it's it's really hard to put it, single it down to one great match. Uh, sorry, one that would be terrible, but either way, my God. Um, we were supposed to be joined tonight by RJ from the Originist Booking. Um, unfortunately, he's had some personal problems and he's unable to show up today. Um, really, really sorry. He sends his apologies. But of course, real life always comes first. Please remember that. Um, but on the, to the next one. So we're joined today by um, two amazing content creators, um, two people who I respect a lot and I'm really, really happy to have them both here. They're both in the UK, so it's very, very late in the U- UK for us right now. It's 20 past bloody three. So um, bear with us if we say stupid things because it is very late. Uh, and I'm going to switch them on now. So um, we're going to start with intro. So we'll go from left to right as I've got them up on the screen. So we'll start with you, Mags. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, everybody. I am Mags. I'm from the Badlands podcast, which will be dropping tomorrow. I'm also from the Wabi Watch podcast. And my God, what an event we have just watched. And also, much love, RJ. Much love, mate. Totally, totally. Um, thank you very much, Mags, for uh, for introing yourself. Now, next up, um, someone again, first time on the show, and I'd like to let them introduce themselves. This is Alpha. Um, go ahead. You have the floor, my friend. Hey, guys. I'm Alpha from Alpha Review Reel, and I'm a gaming channel who loves wrestling and all other manner of stuff. So hopefully you you guys can, like, come check us out sometime. But for now, let's support Foul. 
Thank you very, very much. So um, we had a, I'm going to go through my notes here, but we had a hell, hell of a night. Very, very surprising, um, really interesting way. Obviously this year, um, the NXT TakeOver show happening on a Friday instead of the night before because of the G1 Supercard happening tomorrow. Um, still an amazing show. Great way to kick off um, the WWE portion of WrestleMania weekend. And um, we're going to start with the pre-show and we're just going to work our way through. Uh, so, first up in the pre-show, um, we had the announcement that the Million Dollar Challenge from 2K19 with AJ Styles facing off against a gentleman called Stefan T. Benson, the Golden Voice, would be happening later on in the evening. Um, it was an hour-long pre-show this time, uh, longer than it normally is at the half an hour. Uh, we, we started off with Sam Roberts making fun of Matt Riddle which is always great on commentary sorry on on the pre-show panel we had charlie caruso uh pat mcafee and sam roberts now um pat mcafee and sam roberts seem to be at loggerheads for the majority of it pat didn't seem to be liking any of this whatsoever um and the nxt pre-show we got pete dunn segment and walter he's called the austrian anomaly um we also had now what the question i was going to ask we had vic joseph from nxt uk turn up sam roberts kind of saying who's walter who is he tell us who he is um and vic joseph says he's a friend of gargano and he was feeling dangerous tonight my question for you guys is <laughs> are sam roberts and pat mcafee the perfect round table guests and <laughs> i i'd like to start that with um let's start that with alpha if we can yeah well I would say yes, just because you get sort of, some amazing content from them, because I haven't seen two people argue that badly since Cole and Laura, Laura when they first started. Yes. You know. <laughs> that, that, that's exactly what I was thinking. They'd be like a make a great commentary team or something, wouldn't they? Oh, they'll be awesome. Okay, um, I'm going to take the same thing. Alexander the Great 4K, hello there, how you doing? Um, I'd like to move this over to, to Mags then. So Mags, what do you think? Do you think there could be a great roundtable guests? There could be a great guest on a final original show, but I, I don't personally like them on the pre-show. I think they're both very sarcastic and overly witty for, for my liking, especially Pat. I just, I just want to punch him in the face. I really do. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Do you think they're trying to get themselves over more than they're trying to get the talent over? Pat more so than uh, than Sam Roberts. Uh, yeah, Pat is a a British term. He's a tosser. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so um, we then we then had thank you, thank you, folks. Uh, we then had uh, the undisputed era backstage with a really good promo, amazing promo. Um, just all of them so fantastic. Uh, the question I have for you from this segment that came out was: um, Are the undisputed era one of the best factions of all time? I'd like to start that with Mags. Uh, for me, yeah, absolutely. They're probably the best faction right now. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly, for me, is the perfect understudy for someone like Adam Cole. His facial expression is just selling to me alone. And then, obviously, you've got the the elder statesman in Bobby. I think he slipped up a little bit with, uh, with what he was saying. The only one I don't particularly agree with is Roddy. I love Roddy as a wrestler, but I just don't... It just doesn't scream undisputed error for me, but all in all, what a great faction they are. 
Yeah. Um, let's let's take that to you then, Alpha, as well. Like, uh, do you do you, obviously we, we were speaking about this before, and um, some of the people that you're seeing on the show because you don't watch regularly as much, um, you're kind of discovering them for the first time. So, was this your first kind of exposure to the Undisputed Era? Oh yes. Um, like like you said, I'm watching these particular NXT guys through fresh eyes, so it's really cool to get the new um, perspective, and I think. I even message in the chat what a friggin' awesome promo them guys cut between each other and to be be able to work like that as a faction is such a rarity and to gel together is something that only comes around every now and then isn't it yeah, um, I mean, for for teams, I was reading an interview with um, with Carlo Riley uh, not that long ago, and he was talking about how like how it kind of happened that they came in as a group, and it wasn't really any. They were going to pitch it, and then Triple H kind of pitched it anyway, and they were like, "Oh yeah, totally, we'll do that. Like it's fine." Um, I think they would have been lost in the shuffle if they if that hadn't happened, and um, we don't get those big four man factions anymore. We get three man to so those are trio teams but um I, I really like them i really really like them um now we still on the pre-show we've had that promo um we find out that next up we're not having a normal wrestling match during this pre-show but we are getting the million dollar challenge with aj versus stefan <laughs> now, uh, now on this show we have the finals of the wwe 2k19 challenge um consequences creed comes out sorry consequences creed oh my god it's late <laughs> isn't it xavier woods comes out <laughs> i was watching their tna match in the night. uh i was watching truth and consequences it was a really good match actually and um yeah it, it's a uh, so they came out uh Corey graves came out as well and stefan the golden voice who was wearing what looked like like a chocolate wrapper like a you know, <laughs> like like a crunchy bar all over him and uh that's a very british joke there folks uh like uh so stefan so calling out aj aj comes out there's no one in the arena they're trying to get some heat uh stefan seems to be getting loads of heat my question yeah um, I, I've just written, written this so Stefan wins he wins a million dollars he, he talks about like he's proper healing it up he's Brock Lesnar and my question is <laughs> was that pre-recorded or pre-determined uh, let's start with Max <laughs> well I, I personally didn't, I didn't like his clothes I wouldn't go out wearing like that but fair play to the lad he had the balls to to go out in front of a live audience and like I said he healed it up good on him great charisma and I don't think he he it was predetermined I think he absolutely just demolished AJ I think AJ was probably not good on the game and just got an absolute ass whipping as he did say he was like oh this guy's really good like at one point he's like oh my god this guy's really good um I'm gonna I'm gonna ask this in a kind of slightly different way, but Alpha, um, you're you're more of a gamer, so from your point of view, um, did it look like he was letting Stefan win, or did it look like he just wasn't that good at that game? Like, what's what's your, from a gamer's point of view? Do you think that that was like a master of the game being defeated? 
Well, I've seen a lot of gaming competitions, and that is the most utter balls I've ever seen. <laughs> it's, if that is not predetermined, and if he doesn't work for WWE, he deserves two million because it was. It looked like the whole thing was cut as a pr- actual promo behind the scenes. AJ is a gamer, I know that, like a lot of them in the back, and he is damn sight better at games than that. And I mean, like, I, I just couldn't believe what I'm watching. Yeah, I have to agree. Like, it, it just felt, it almost felt like he they weren't playing a game, but they were watching a video that had been done in advance. Like, he's already won. And then they just go out there, and that's why AJ was a bit like, uh, yeah, whatever, like, I don't really care. It was weird. It was really weird. But great, and, and I think this is a point that you made in the chat, um, Alpha, was that it's a great way to sell games. Well, anytime you say to, to a bunch of gamers, especially in the US, to do a wrestling, you can win one million by playing this game, getting really good, and then come to WWE to play it against actual wrestlers, it going to create so much buzz that initially you're going to buy that game. And if marketing done beautifully, but the result, the ending, if that were polished, even if it is predetermined, if they polish that into a decent style match, I mean, they could have pulled it off rather than that crack. That's just crap what they did. It was, wasn't it? Uh, so um, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna take. So that that was your pre-show match because I went out for a fag. Uh, no, I went. To my, I went to my coffee and a fag. I remember now. A long time ago. That was hours ago. Anyway, I, I nipped out and I remember thinking, I'm not even missing anything. I'm just missing promos now. Like, so you guys were watching the show while I went out for a fag. Did anything happen, or was that your your pre-show match? I feel like it that, was, wasn't it? That was. That, that's your pre-show. Yeah. God. Like how 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 bad would you feel if you were an actual NXT wrestler who was like, Yeah, it's NXT Takeover. I want to get a chance to even be on the pre-show. No, this guy in the crunchy rapper suit's gonna be on there instead and he's gonna win a million dollars. Less work than you'll ever do all year. They got punked. They got CM punked. Um so uh, next up, we start the actual event. So uh, the event, first up, the first match, which was a hell of a match. First match for the NXT Tag Team Championships, the War Raiders versus Ricochet and Alistair Black. Um, I, um, I'm i going to tell this to Alpha first because, again, you're kind of seeing some of this for the first time. And i really like to get your take on this. So uh, their entrances, what did you think of their entrances? What did you think of... The- the presentation of NXT. Right. Throughout this is just not this isn't just gonna be the first match where I'm going to say this about, but all the entrances were so polished and done to such a high standard that Mania has to kick it up another level to match this, and if they don't, it is gonna fail in comparison. Mm. No, no, no. I, I, I totally agree. There's a, there's a certain like, the amount of money that's being spent on an NXT takeover, it doesn't feel. It, it still feels special. It still feels like a re. It felt like a WrestleMania style entrance. Takeovers are notorious for having a high production value, but it still feels small. Like it still feels intimate. Um, like Alistair Black's entrance, for example. Like, what did you think of that? Like, what what did you think of the whole package? Like, is that something that you could see at a WrestleMania? 
Oh, definitely. I mean, starting with the War Raiders, the way they came in, it's to me that's it, it reminiscent of like you know the Cena's and the Triple H's entrances where they get this this like little ensemble of people behind them to like really make it an event, and for that to be the very first entrance, I mean it it absolutely smacked me in the face to be honest. I, I was like. I wasn't expecting just them to walk out to the ring sort of thing, you know, you know, a little bit of pyro or whatever, or a few flames, but nothing, nothing to that extent. Okay, okay. Um, so we, I'm just going to keep us rolling. So we had, um, uh, these are the notes that I made. Uh, if you guys remember anything else, let me know. But start of the match, someone swore. I remember that happened because we had a little bit of a, uh, a dip in the audio. Um, we had a double moment of Zen by Ricochet and Black. Uh, there was an amazing moment in the match when, and again, you're seeing this for the first time, Alpha. So some of these things me and Mags will have seen already, but um, Hanson running back and forth from quarter to 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 quarter. Um, Ricochet with an amazing catch of Hanson, the Samoan drop. He caught in midair. I haven't seen Ricochet with um, like uh, bout of strength before. God damn. Um, we then had um, a high angle German suplex into a bridge from one of the war raids. Oh, that looked sick. Um, Hanson with a handspring elbow, like kind of mi- mirroring Ricochet. Um, yeah, no, 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 sorry, I've got to jump in. What did you think of that? What I want to say about that is you don't see wrestlers of his size not just performing that, but performing it to such a high standard. And also the speed of which he did it at, it wasn't clumsy, it was polished, it was, it was like just doing a double take of what Ricochet just did, and it blew me away. Okay, I'm going to ask a question to Max. Um, War Raiders or Dave Mastiff? Uh, War Raiders. I've liked War Raiders since uh, I I think I first saw them on WCPW, and I was like, "What? Who are these people?" And then did like a bit of uh, watching of the back catalogue, and obviously the stuff that they've done in New Japan. And wow, for two guys their size, it should be physically impossible for them to do the stuff that they do, and. It just blows my mind. If I try to do half the moves, I would break my arms or break my legs. And this guy, like I said, he's 300 pounds and he's got cardio for absolute days. How, yeah. how is, how is, he should not be in, in existence. He shouldn't. Yeah. And the other thing is, like, he, 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 like, it doesn't make sense. He doesn't, he doesn't, like, okay, Ricochet, I can understand Ricochet because he looks like he's the kind of guy that, you know, works out, he spends time. Like, he looks like the kind of guy that could perform those maneuvers. But then, yeah, you, you look at, you look at Hanson and, Ro- and you're like, nah, they can't do that. Especially Hanson, because I, I could believe Roe doing what he does, but I couldn't believe, if I looked at Hanson straight out, I'd be like, nah, mate. I don't understand, but it, it's it's an um, they're two amazing wrestlers, and they had an amazing show this evening. Um, now there was there was a point when everyone did a uh, did a maneuver off the top rope to the outside. Um, they all went over the top rope. Uh, 
amazing spill. It looks great out there. Um, remember, this is the first match, and they were going like a million miles an hour. Um, they there was a pin then by Row pin uh, running into Black. Uh, sorry, uh, broken the pin by Row. Uh, yeah, Row threw Alexander Black onto a pin attempt. I think that was really cool. Um, both the War Raiders were pinning Ricochet. Black came off the top rope with a double stomp onto both men. That's a way that you break up a pin attempt. Um, then uh, next, the next maneuver as well. I broke down as one of the notes. Um, Ricochet missed the six thirty and landed flat on his back with such precision that if, if anybody else had done that, they would have broken their neck. Like. I remember just seeing it going, damn. Um, and then Thor's hammer to Ricochet, and they got the fallout, and uh, the War Raiders retain. Um, it was great opening match. Um, they, they they mentioned how many were at the Barclays Center that night, 15,610, but these are WWE numbers, so it might have been 15 people. Um, <laughs> great, great show of respect from both teams. They were hugging, and I've written that it's all about the competition, no heels and no faces. Um, and both men started crying in the ring. Um, that was Alistair Black and Ricochet, and it looks like it was their goodbye. They, they gave, like, a bow, and they got a you deserve it chant um great match uh obviously the winners and still champions the war raiders um and i'm gonna start um i'm gonna start with you max so do you think that this was the the right um the, the right result were you happy with this result oh definitely um i i didn't think that this was gonna be the best match to actually open the event with, but boy was I wrong. What a great match. Uh, yeah, it were quite it were obvious that Ricochet and Alistair Black are, are main roster bound. They've been on the on SmackDown and Raw so many times now. But yeah, who who do we have next for War Machine though? Jesus Christ. I pity whoever's gonna take them on next. I know, I know, they've got something to prove. Um and f- for you, um, uh, Alpha kind of watching these two teams maybe seeing these two teams for the first time um, now you're going to get to see um, you're going to see Alistair Black and Ricochet on the main roster in a more um, what what did you think of this as kind of like that introduction into NXT takeovers and the whole culture of it well it's a really good intro to it but I'm just checking over my notes here and the only thing I thought about, like, the way they wrapped the whole match up was they tried to push Ricochet a lot more than Alistair Black, and I was a little bit put off by that in a way because mm. I understand he's a great athlete, but I found that, you know, you've got the War Raiders who are great mat and also athletic. You've got Alistair Black who's doing his thing, but then the focus to me was on Ricochet, and it's like they're pushing him for the next big thing then Alistair Black to follow okay, now that, that, that's an interesting take because I mean uh, just to before we move on to the next match uh, and I've said this like, obviously that tag team are now an established tag team Alistair Black and Ricochet after winning the uh, the Dusty Rhodes uh, classic tag team cla- the tag team classic but do, do you think that and I kind of said this before um, that I feel like they would have been lost in singles competition. Um, do you, Mags? I'm gonna ask you, Mags. Do you think that these two guys would work in a singles unit on the main roster, or do you think they're better off as a tag team? 
Uh, right now, I think being in the tag team is the ideal way for them to go. I think you hit the nail on the head. If they went up as singles, there'd be a big like furore about them at the beginning, but they would soon get lost in the shuffle because the, the main roster is so bloated. Whereas if they go up and, and as a tag team in a in relatively weak tag team divisions, they can really showcase what skills they have and then we can get a singles push hopefully out of both of them after that. Okay. All right, so um, we're gonna so we're moving on to Ruby for the night. Um, we then got a shot of ringside. We had Piper Niven, otherwise known as Viper from um, World of Sport and about the indie uh, the indie scene over here in the UK, um, and also Tony Storm. Uh, they were in the crowd. Uh, what do you two think of these two folks? Um, well, for number one, actually, uh, I saw I saw Piper Niven in um, in the tapings that I went to at NXT UK. Commentary. Um, what kind of experience have you two? I'm actually. I'm going to move to Alpha first. Have you have you seen Viper before, Piper Niven or Tony Storm? I've only seen World of Sport ever so slightly, and I did get a bit sick of it to be honest. So I'm not too familiar with these people. Uh, uh, but with World of Sport, did you ever see Viper? So Viper yeah. was in the first that first uh, triple threat. She was basically the women's division on World of Sport was her, um, B Priestley, and uh, was the other person the one that Ky- Kaylee Ray? Kaylee Ray. Yeah, I do recognise and. Yeah, she's she's really good, but like I say, I haven't I have much exposure to her, so I, I can't really pass too much comment on her. Okay, that's fine. Um, I'm uh, we're gonna move on. We're gonna move on. So the next match we had was uh, again keeping it rolling. What are we gonna have after such an amazing way to start the evening? We then get uh, Velveteen Dream facing off against Matt Riddle for the North American Championship. Um, I've written quite basic notes here because it was at this point that I realised, oh my god, damn, this is an amazing show. I can't sit here. I'm, I'm gonna try and watch few, write as few notes as I can and watch the show. Um, we had a. Uh, Matt Riddle comes out first, minimal pop. Then we had Dream come out, and I love Dream's entrances. Uh, So Dream came out as the Statue of Liberty, um, and he was brought in by four men as he was kind of on a float uh, on his shoulders on a a, a throne. Uh, I've written beautiful visuals. Um, uh, Mauro Ronaldo calls him the pugilistic provocateur. I thought that was really, really clever. Um, and match starts with dreams. Like I've, I've put just minimal notes in here because it's a match that you want to watch. Uh, and Dream stomps on Riddle's bare foot. Great. Riddle catches Dream with a German when he goes off the top turnbuckle to the floor. Uh, hanging arm bar from Riddle taking down Dream. At one point, he says, "I'm the bro that runs the show." Uh, Dream hulks up. Dream hulked up. Uh, he's caught by an ankle lock from Riddle. Um, Dream with a deadly driver gets caught by a bro mission off the purple rainmaker. Uh, oh, uh, a sick looking high angle German suplex from Matt Riddle uh, to Dream from the outside in. Floating bro to Dream kicks out to Dream manages to reverse the pin. Uh, versus submission with both men looking like they have their shoulders down. Velveteen Dream squeaks out a win. Um, and I put this question in. Um, and I'll start. I'll start with Max. Um, I I personally have seen Matt Riddle uh, at Bloodsport last year, and I kind of like his gimmick. But do you think that this was Riddle's star-making performance tonight? 
Well, I'm a big UFC fan, so I remember Matt Riddle from his time in the UFC, and he's always had amazing charisma. Obviously, we know his history with uh, the wacky tobacco and why he ended up getting cut from UFC. I was going to say, do you want to give us a bit of an idea of that to kind of explain to a few people? Because I know that we know this, but Alpha, for example, um, he's not that familiar with it. And it might be good to, from your point of view, from the UFC point of view, kind of give us a little an idea of what kind of happened with him. Yeah, basically, it got. Um, it was uh, in the UFC for quite a while. I think he ended up. I think he was actually in the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, ended up getting a contract with UFC, um, and basically kept getting suspended because of his love of all things marijuana. And he actually eventually got cut whilst on a four-fight win streak, which is absolutely unheard of. In if you if you know anything about UFC, usually four fights. Uh, win streak gets you close to a title shot. Now, he's the only person I know of who's been cut on a four-fight win streak. So, for him to transition over to wrestling and, and use that that um, MMA background, was it was a match made in heaven. And obviously, there's no... Um, no drugs testing wrestling, so it can pretty much get away with it. I know that they have a, a wellness policy within the WWE, but from what I've heard, the the, the policy for marijuana is a thousand dollar fine, and he actually got it into his contract that WWE will cover that fine whenever he he, um, he failed the test. So really. That's that's the rumor that I heard. Um, so he's as happy as Larry there. But going back to your question, I think he showed in this match not only can he make someone else look a million dollars, which he absolutely did with the dream, but himself he is a he is a future WWE, WWE champion. Clearly, is he's the person who the WWE will will replace Brock with and bring that legitimacy. I totally agree with you there, man. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I really wanted to like Matt Riddle when he first started, but I didn't see the appeal in his matches against. Um, uh, I was going to say Chris Hero against. <laughs> I was going to say Kevin Owens there against uh, Cassius Ono. His matches against Cassius, I didn't like them. I didn't like it. I, I, I just didn't. I couldn't. It was something there. I was kind of like, I feel bad for Cassius Ono because yes, you are doing this. Like, why? Why are you just getting this random shot? Like, this makes no sense. Even though I'd seen him from before, but I really like Matt Riddle and that that kind of crossover appeal. And I was saying this before the match started. What I really like about Velveteen Dream is that he adapts to the person that he's wrestling. Like. His matches are a complement to his wrestling. So when he wrestled Ricochet, uh, he was attempting to do Ricochet moves, and he did some of them when he was facing Alistair Black. Again, he evolved and he kind of mirrored that person in a way to kind of uh, anything you can do, I can do better way, and he can. Um, and in this match, he went almost toe-for-toe, toe-to-toe in an MMA style, like, well, in a, in a more transitional, like, he won by by being technically savvy. Um, what what do you... Velveteen Dream, it's quite funny, actually, Alpha, because you'd seen Velveteen Dream for the first time, and it was really interesting to kind of see, like, the discovery of him. So, from what you've seen, what would you say Velveteen Dream is? 
is the future by far. Um, as I was saying to you on the chat, he's like, um, and you threw in the gold dust thing, but to me, it's like the rock fused with a lot of other stars and you can see a passion in this guy and I put actually as a note he is a master of kayfabe because he, he to me it's a sort of person where whatever he says whatever he does you believe him he sucks you into that moment and he's outrageous he, he's everything you want in entertainment and also as a wrestler and as super impressed with him as impressed with this whole match to be honest um, Dream was putting Matt over really well then Matt same to Dream which I even um, commented to you when Matt is you know his real deal with MMA you can tell that um, and uh, yeah it was a very impressive um, match up and you can see a lot of potential with both of them and I think what's really clever we're putting them together because obviously I don't know the backstories but it's to me it's like putting someone with that much kayfabe charisma with someone who's just building themselves up in the new entertainment um, scenario it's going to help them develop as he's putting himself up as well so it's like they're helping each other yeah, yeah, I, t- I totally agree. Again, um, it's it, it was it's a, they're really good for for you seeing them for the first time. I think it's a really good introduction uh, for both of you've seen both of them at their best. Um, I think tonight, and it was a different match. It was a totally different match um, than anything I've seen from him before. And um, I, I like the fact that we're getting to watch. Dream, um, become a better wrestler in front of us and learn all these things that later on he can use. Uh, it, it's great. It, it, it's like seeing a prodigy, pro, pro, a prodigy um, and he's seeing his first steps and he's already amazing. Um, so uh, after the match, and this is something that uh, I'm going to ask you both actually before we move to the next match. Do you think that... Riddle was the heel or the face in this match. Now I'm going to start with Mags. <laughs> I don't think that what, there was a heel or a face in this match. I think this was just two absolutely adored wrestlers having a wrestling match. I don't, sometimes there's just not there's no reason to have a, a good guy, bad guy scenario. Sometimes it's just a match that you want to see just for the sake of seeing it. And I said something on on Twitter, and I will repeat it now. This is a match that I would happily see every year because they were just that good and I believe that these two could do something different every single time yeah I dude I totally agree with you there um, and uh, and Alpha I'm going to ask you um, do, do you again because you because you said something in the chat and you were like is is Matt a, a good guy is a bad guy like what is he because he was kind of switching between both um, yeah. We, we have a segment at the end of the show which is called Whose Face Don't Run Your Place that's kind of Riddle's issue with I have with a Riddle sometimes is that he does this like like essentially a resting bitch face yeah and he looks angry mm-hmm. and he kind of like, <laughs> and you're like oh is he about to like explode and then he'll just start smiling and you'll be like oh what what was that then because that was a heel face in the book. <laughs> so, that's, uh, the, that's the stoner in him 
Yeah, it, it, it is, isn't it? It is, it is. Um, so, anyway, let's move on. Uh, so, we, uh, at the end of that match, again, just exactly as you said there, Mags, no good guy, no bad guy. At the end of it, even though we did that, you know, his, 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 his puff the magic dragon face, he, uh, <laughs> you get a show of respect with uh, Dream holding Riddle's bro. It was really interesting because he put out his bro fist and, and Dream goes over and puts his hand over the fist. <laughs> that was a really interesting little note because um, that's what Dream would do. He wouldn't fist bump him. He'd, you know, slide, he'd slither his hand over him or something. Um, and you get to see a show of respect. Both men are coming out of it looking really, really strong and nervous again another great match to move along on the evening we then had this man and i'll pop him up on the screen so everyone can see because i don't know how many of you will necessarily know him but part of the time splitters we have kushida officially being signed tonight we saw uh, some footage of regal and triple h signing him and i've just popped him up on the screen now unfortunately he's not one of my guests but um it was a it was it was i think again it's very early days it's very early days but um i know that you know who he is mags so i might so so mags tell us about kashida kashida is one of the most diverse innovative cruiserweight stars wrestlers in the world I was actually shocked that he actually signed with NXT. I was almost guaranteeing that he was going to go to 205 Live because Lord knows they could they could do with someone of his gravitas on that show. But wow, I, I, the only thing that upset me about not about seeing Kushida was we didn't see the big head mode Kushida. Oh yes! Oh my God! Yes. Okay. So if you didn't watch this year's Wrestle Kingdom, yeah, then you missed a goddamn great show because that night, yeah. Well, luckily, Wrestle Kingdom happens in Japan, so over here in the UK, we're lucky, and it just comes on like early morning. So normally at this point, I start hallucinating because it's quite late in the evening. But when I go wake up early, uh, it's it's fine because like you know you wake up at like nine ten o'clock, have some breakfast, and you watch Japanese wrestling. <laughs> That, that day, I remember thinking, what time is this? Because this little kid turned up and he had a face of Kushida on his face. Like, you have to watch the clip here. You have to watch this Wrestle Kingdom. You really, truly have to. But, my God, it was just weird. Who's that in the chat? Joel Southgate, first time from Sydney, Australia. Hello there, Joel. Um, we're just talking about Kushida and Wrestle Kingdom, the, uh, Wrestle Kingdom of last time. Um... Yeah, so Kashida is so the time splitters. Um, it was him and Alex Shelley, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, Alex Shelley for the Motor City Machine Guns, um, just an amazing tag team. And yeah, I'm very surprised that he went to NXT. I would have thought that he went to Two Hundred Five Live, but you know, just as a card has said on many of an episode of Being the Elite to Marty Scroll Two or Five. It's an insult in Japanese as well, I think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, it, it will be interesting to see if uh, it brings over the Back to the Future gimmick because whilst that, that plays well in, in Japan, I don't know with licensing and stuff like that how well it'll play over here in the West because he was that was his thing. It was He loves, that, loves Back to the Future. So it'll be interesting to see where his character goes. Yeah, I mean, you, you could probably you could almost see it going into a kind of um, 
uh, kind of like what happened with Sammy Callahan. Like maybe they'd bring him in and give him like something like just a bit off, like a little bit weird, like a little bit slightly different. Um, like maybe he'd be a fan of sliders instead. <laughs> I love sliders. I love that show so much. Uh, and, uh, uh, let's uh, let's move to the. <laughs> let's move to. Got to get. Got to get. I've got to get my Jerry O'Connell reference in every now and then. But uh, there's a. We move to the next match of the evening, which again I didn't realize was going to be the next match. But we kept this gravy train rolling, and the next match was for the United Kingdom Championship. Oh my God! Done. Walter, UK Championship. Um, just to kind of put this into context, Pete Dunn has been the United Kingdom champion for 685 days. Um, he has held that championship longer than anyone in the modern era. Um, and I, he's from Birmingham. He's a Brummie boy. He lives not too far from us. I mean, he lives in a mansion not too far from us. But uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it, it's really cool to see a Brummie boy done good. I um I I really really liked this match and I'm just going to quickly give you the highlights. Um, Walter came out first. Uh, we had Vic Joseph on commentary, who I assumed was Sid Scala originally, but um, I now know that man and I remember him. And he pissed me off because he started saying Coventry instead of Coventry. Like you've got Nigel McGuinness there. I think Nigel McGuinness didn't correct him, just that he looked like an idiot. Um, uh, we had Pete out next. Walter's given a sit-out powerbomb by Dunn. Pete Dunn was killing it. Uh, double stomp onto the chest from the top rope to the outside. Dunn and Walter giving each other head stomps. Oh, those looked vicious. Those Japanese-style head stomps. Uh, Daniel Bryan-esque head stomps. Uh, Walter with a release powerbomb off the top rope and a splash, and he wins. Like It was a much longer match, and I'm only just giving you the quick highlights there. Um, it was a match where the crowd were really into it, and my question question and i will start with um, alpha this time um number one give us your take on this match because this again would be your first introduction into nxt uk so of the product like did you think this was better or worse than what you saw the rest of the evening i thought that this was an absolute showcase of true matt style wrestling and it's it's so impressive to see that they're willing to throw out two Matt style wrestlers, tell the story without, you know, they did have a few moments to break it up, but it was absolutely awesome to see two strong men absolutely kick it and all European, well, mostly European style. And, you know, it. they're just. Like with the um, sit down power bomb that you mentioned, the close count on that just built the anticipation so much more, and you get gripped into that. Like you say with the crowd, I think everybody watching that was invested in that, whether you're new or old. Okay, um, I wanted to, I wanted to kind of look at this in a in a different kind of way, and uh, the, the the crowd, and it's something really interesting. And I wanted to kind of ask this as a question. Now, this is the first time that we've truly seen um, the NXT UK brand being featured on NXT. It's a massive, massive platform. It's NXT weekend. You know, the, the crowd at this event are a very smarky crowd. They already kind of know exactly who these people are. You're, not, you're, you're preaching to the choir. You don't have to, like, 
people were saying in the chat that Pete is over, like he is. But my question was, do you think that Pete... Uh, Pete Dunn would be over really on the main roster or do you think he still has some ways to go? Hmm. I think to be honest he's he's very impressive but it could take a little bit more time in my opinion actually I did write no going but obviously I'm not too familiar with it so I might after he's done all this stint in the NXT UK, does he move on to NXT USA? Right, and start building this thing there. Well, just to give you an idea, Alpha, um, Pete Dunne has been on Raw. Um, He has been featured on NXT programming. Um, He was at War Games last year um, while he was UK champion. Um, I'm going to put that same question to Max then. So do you think that Pete Dunne has some ways to go or do you think that he's ready to now be on the main roster um, now that he lost the championship tonight and Volta beat him? I, th- I think he was ready to be on the main roster a year ago. I think he's he's just somebody who, who who you can just who appeals to a wrestling fan. He's got brutal moves that are just so good to watch. Yeah, I think he I think he was ready a year ago. Um, call him up today for me. But the only thing is, when you get a call up to the main roster. Are you going to get utilised properly? We know full well that it will get utilised in NXT and NXT UK, but will he get a, a bit of a push in on the main roster and then given the EC3 treatment, you never know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that that's kind of where I was kind of looking to. Um, on Sunday, we have WrestleMania, and we will be doing a WrestleMania live stream and a tactic roundtable afterwards. I think it'll be episode number 12. But um, there's a, the, weird, the weird thing about Pete Dunne is that Vince McMahon is notorious for not really knowing what to do with talent. Um, and, like... Someone like Pete Dunne and EC3 now. EC3 has gone from being apparently someone who they had really big plans for, someone who came off a really hot streak on impact, and he's now doing nothing. He's obviously pissed someone off in the back, and he's now in the Andre the Giant Battle Memorial tomorrow. Sorry, on Sunday even. Um, it's. Do, do you think that it's because almost that... EC3 it's, it's not it's nothing wrong with EC3 it's just that Vince doesn't know how to use certain wrestlers so someone like Pete Dunne he looks at Pete Dunne and he's like alright I like this guy he looks angry he's quite bulky he's got a good finger gimmick then he hears him speak and he's like I don't like his his accent you know there's something Vince will just look at them and say he seems to have these weird kind of idiosyncrasies where he's like, oh, well, I don't like him because he can't speak English. I don't like him because he can't do this. Like, um, I, I personally think that a lot of this is Triple H knows the wrestlers who he can allow to go up to the, the main roster. And there's some that is like, yeah, Vince, they're not that good. And then he puts it in like, <laughs> NXT UK or something. Like Cassius Odo, but like Cassius Odo's one of those guys. He's like, yeah, Vince, he's really crap. I'm just to NXT UK. And he's like, don't tell Vince that you're good. Like, <laughs> uh, and, and it's, it's waste sometimes. Um, 
And uh, let's just move past that. So Volta, 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 Volta. Um, I, I, I thought that that was a fantastic match. Of the match, what did you guys think? Um, start with Max. What did you think of this match? I thought it was the perfect showcase for a Brit rest match. I've been saying for a couple of days now on Twitter that this is the biggest Brit rest match in a long, long time. And we've gained it on WWE programming, which to, it, that absolutely blows my mind. I was a very, very much against uh, the WWE slash soaking up all the the European talent for for NXT, but this has kind of alleviated my my concerns because these two guys went out and absolutely showcased what British and European wrestling is all about, and. It was, it was just a phenomenal match. It started off really slow, like, uh, like we said. Uh, they were. It was a very back and forth fight, but then once they started laying in them big shots and it just took off, wow, what an absolute performance by both guys. And Walter is for real. Who does Walter face next? I would absolutely give my first board to see Walter versus Tyler Bay. Absolutely. Oh, oh my God, I didn't even think of that match. That is amazing. Oh, oh, I think I think you've just booked NXT TakeOver UK's next show, mate. I think, yeah, I think. I, it, to me, it makes the, makes the, the more sense because obviously it's part of British Strong Style with, with Pete Dunne, so there's the, the revenge aspect. But also on the last episode of NXT UK, uh, Tyler Bay, uh, Trent Seven mentioned about how he's, him and Tyler are still close, but he wants to go on a bit of a, a singles run. So that opens up Tyler for a shot at the title. And to be honest, the UK title scene could do with a little bit of a fresh blood there because we've had Joe Coffey in, in the scene. We've now got Walter and we've had Pete for almost two years. A little bit of... Give Pete a, a bit of time off, let him recuperate, do whatever, and just have Walter versus Tyler Bate. What a fight that would be. Absolutely brutal. God, yeah, that would be amazing. Can you imagine... If Tyler Bate got Walter in the aeroplane spin. That's what I mean. That's what I literally want. Oh, my God. Max. It's the I stuff love, of dreams. I love you, it's mate. It's the stuff of dreams. Oh, oh, that's that. Yeah. Oh, God damn. All right. Um, no further questions. We all need to go to bed right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, oh, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, that would be really good. Um, I, again, okay, Alpha, let's, uh, from, from your point of view, seeing Volta for the first time um, and kind of seeing this kind of match, uh, what did you think? It really brought home a lot of old memories to the old style wrestling that I grew up watching you know and it's it it really is a great way to fully utilize proper rim mechanics and it this is the one match that truly got me excited for the rest of the evening I know that might sound a bit odd to some people but this is my my favorite style of wrestling where you can see the technical abilities and see the absolute awesome training these guys have had to put together such a perfectly manoeuvred showcase. 
when you were just saying there about um, wrestling that you used to watch when you were younger, do you want to give us a bit of an idea of what kind of stuff you were watching? I'll, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I grew up in kind of like the Attitude Era, but um, my parents were quite a bit older, so we watched the old um, Shirley Crabtree and um, Kendo Nakasaki and all them sort of guys. And... Um, Giant A-Stack and their sort of wrestling was, wasn't the high flying I mean I love all that stuff but they they knew how to manoeuvre each other around the ring and be very very clever in telling the story including the crowd but not not show not how do I explain it you know like how The Rock would always be like going towards the crowd and be like, oh, come on, come on, everyone. Mm. They, These guys, they did that, but they didn't need to do it as often. And this is the sort of match-up where I just get flashbacks from all the old tapes that we used to watch and everything like that, and it was, like, amazing. Wow, wow, look at that. You're a, you're a, you're a, you're a nostalgia-filled British wrestling fan. That's amazing. That's good. An aficionado. I know. I could hear Mags in the background there. Like I could feel. I could feel him. He's thinking, "One of us. One of us. Google gobble. Google gobble." Uh, <laughs> That's the same kind of wrestling that I grew up with. I used to watch it with my gran. A lot of the old uh, world of sport, like I said, uh, Big Daddy, Giant A Stacks, Kendo Nagasaki. But I also had. A, I did a lot of the. British holiday camps as, as, as a kid when I were with my parents and we used to get a lot of wrestling there and it, it like you said it harkens back to that style of wrestling where it was not about so much the match but the crowd control and I think the way that they would almost do a move and then it just wouldn't pull off just feeding the crowd little by little until it, we got to that crescendo where the move happened and the crowd popped I think it was just brilliant, brilliant showcase of, of European wrestling. Absolutely enjoyed every second of it. And, and and it was it was so well so well paced this match it, it like we there was there was no there was no malice in my mind when Walter won because it was earned and Pete Dunn you know both men looked amazing coming out of it there was no doubt that both of those guys could like have another match and it be just as good and I I liked Walter being vulnerable and I liked like at that point when he's kind of like because you've seen it in matches that he's had before and like someone gets a little bit of like a hope spot on him and then he just kills them like this was different he went to and you could see that he was in trouble there was certain points where he was like oh crap this guy's gonna beat me um and, and it just it gave it some more of an edge um speaking of edge Segway. <laughs> so at ringside, we had Edge and Beth Phoenix. Uh, Beth Phoenix coming out of retirement for WrestleMania to have herself uh, be part of the Divas of Doom. Um, her and Natalia joining in that tag, women's tag team title match, which segued again, because that's classy, segued again into the NXT women's match. Um, now, I, for some reason, I'm looking at my notes here. So this is a, a, a four, fatal four 
four-way match. Potentially, it was going to be a ladder match. It didn't become a ladder match. It was just they put some ladders in the picture. I think that was just a mess with people um but we had uh io shirai Kairi sane the sky pirates and um we also had bianca belair and current nxt women's champion Shayna baszler um i uh, i've written I, i've written this in my notes so let's just see what my crazy notes were because at this point i think i started giving up on notes um all of bianca bell i don't know what that means um, she treats she treats the whole divi- oh, oh this is a good one um, they were talking there was a point where Mauro Ronaldo was talking about uh, uh, Shayna Baszler and like that she's not the best person and she's a heel or something said she treats the whole division like a baby treats a diaper I like that line <laughs> Feeling that um, Baszler comes out flanked by her friends um, Bianca and Baszler face off after getting rid of the Sky Pirates to start with um, now Sane and Shirai work together again an amazing story told of this match um, work together during the match to kind of even the odds um, Baszler goes into the corner post after oh, actually an amazing little spot yeah uh, Kyrie Sane catches Be- uh, Bianca Belair's kiss throws it to uh, <laughs> Just thinking about it now. Throws throws it to Shirai, and then she pretends it's a baseball, and then hits it out. Like that was really weird, but also very funny. Um, and then it went to a more serious point when Baszler um, was holding onto Bianca Belair's hair and got pulled into the post. It looked sick. Um, say, uh, Shayna Baszler has got so much better over the past few months, uh, over the past year or so. Um, uh, I've, then I've got Belair with a gorilla press slam to the outside, throwing Shirai over the top rope to the others. Sane breaks up the pin on Shirai to Baszler, cracks falling between the team. Um, Shirai then breaks up the pin after her elbow. What I really liked was both women were crying and they didn't want to do what they were doing. Like it, you could feel it. You could feel that they were like, I don't want to do this. Um, Belair with a fireman's carry to both of the pirates. Um, Baszler comes in, gets a rear naked choke on Belair. She taps Baszler retains Shane Shana Baszler retains um what did what did you guys think of the story of this match um because I'm oh, sorry my ass is falling asleep um <laughs> what, what did you what, what did you guys think of this match I'm going to start with Mags um and obviously we're going to have a women's match um on uh, Wrestlemania on Sunday this is a match where we're looking at potentially the future of that division um what what did you think of this I thought that this gave the the <clears throat> the women's triple threat from WrestleMania something to compete against. This was an absolutely brilliant match. I honestly thought it was going to be the the weakest match of of the show, but I, I still can't even work out which match was actually the weakest. Um, I, I was very surprised by the win for Shayna. To be fair, I would have, I would have liked to have seen Io uh, win Io Shirai win the title, and then we get a, a Kari versus Io match. But I think at the end of that, it looks like we're kind of going that way anyway. Uh, brilliant! I'm, 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 I just thought it was a, a really good showcase of, of the quality in that women's division in NXT. Now, where we go from there, I'm, I'm hoping we get Candice LeRae challenging uh, Shayna for that title because I would absolutely love to see 
Man and Wife as world champions, as NXT champions. Not just that, but Candice LeRae can go and she can fight dirty and she yeah. can really go, actually. People don't realise that Candice LeRae has been involved in ridiculous intergender hardcore matches. EP dub, EP dub. Uh, hey there, everything pro wrestling. Um, Conrad, how you doing? Uh, but, and they've been involved in some, like, it's an absolute. I, I've, I've seen one of her matches and I'm like, is that the same Candice LeRae for the world's cutest tag team? Oh my god, it is. Oh my, oh my god, it is. Like, it's a. Uh, it's shocking when you think that and so she could put out a really good match against Shayna Baszler um they uh yeah so I'm um I'm gonna I'm gonna take this to um to Alpha and ask you so this again some of these people you may not have seen before um what did you think of how NXT do their women's division ah it was awesome but it was cut sh- I felt it very rushed and cut short mm-hmm. and from the from I'd say about five minutes in it was very clear that the Sky Pirates wasn't going to win yeah. you know it, they threw that in there very early and it's you kind of waiting for the big match be, um, between Bianca and oh, how do you say her name Baszler uh- a beta, yeah, beta. yeah, and you're waiting for them to collide throughout the whole um, match, which you know, I mean, like they had great spots for each person, and it showcased them individually and the amazing teamwork. But it's like I would have liked it a little bit more if it wasn't so obvious that it'll go be either Bianca or Baszler to win. Okay, yeah, I, 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 I was saying that, and I, I totally agree with your point of it feeling rushed. Um, it did, didn't it? Like you, you were watching it, and it felt like, like straight away, it was like, oh, we got to get this spot, we got to do 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 this spot, we got to quickly do this spot. Okay, what about this spot? Okay, no time, no time. Next spot, quick spot. Like it, it felt really rushed. Um, I think that was possibly because they knew they were going to run a little late, um, and it might have even been a bit of let's rush this out as fast as we can because we want to show that we've got the work rate the same as the men before us um but yeah it felt it felt really rushed like there was nothing against the quality of the match and it did calm down um but uh i wanted to just as a kind of general aside um it was it was very interesting to see sam roberts say on the pre-show that and I was I was shocked after his comments about Bianca Belair um, when it match against Shayna Baszler a few months ago he specifically said to Pat McAfee uh, that these are four of the best women in the whole of the women's division in the all of the WWE and they're the top four women uh, I'm going to ask you both uh, it's just a yes or no um, do you think that these guys are, or these these ladies are the top four. I'm not going to say in all of the WWE, but I'm going to say in NXT. Um, and do, I, so, yeah, yeah. do I think so? Um, I'd say Shayna is the best heel, not, not especially the best wrestler. I think Carrie is probably mm. my favourite, but... Looking at the rest of the NXT women's uh, division, I'd say K 
Candice LeRae stands out. So they're going to be the four of the top five. I wouldn't necessarily put these in the top four places, but definitely four of the top five. Okay, um, and uh, I, I know that you've just seen them, and like it's 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 not that you know everyone that's on that roster at the moment, but of what you've seen, would you put them in your top four of uh, female wrestlers in in that promotion? Oh, they're very impressive, and if there is anyone better than them, I'd love to see them. Just simple as that. Well, actually, like jumping off on that question, then um, now that you've got to see how NXT have done their women's division, how would you compare the two? I would say that once all these start moving along up into the main roster, it's going to be very hard to like pull lid on them because they're they're not gonna they're not gonna shy away from the limelight and they're gonna be taking it all for themselves. Wow! No, no, that that's that is a really good point. That is a very good point. Thank you very much for that. Um, so that takes us to our final match of the evening. Again, NXT shows um, they're not as there's, it's not a fifteen match bloody super card, but it feels like it and it it, it flows through. Um, so we had Gargano versus Cole. So that's Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole. Um, best two out of three match for the vacant NXT championship vacated by Tommaso Ciampa after a neck injury and neck surgery that's ongoing at the moment um, he is currently recovering um, but we had um, best two out of three I'm going to give you the quick notes of this match so the first fall went to Adam Cole after he hit the last shot um, we got a spear to Cole on the apron and then a senton splash by Gargano air raid crash by Gargano from Champa, uh, sorry, sorry, from Champa, as in he did it to kind of play uh, homage to Champa. Uh, a slingshot DDT to Cole from the outside, inside out, looked sick. Um, Gargano breaks the count to stop a count out because he wants to make sure that he doesn't lose that way. Um, the second fall goes to Gargano with a Gargano escape, tapping out Cole straight away. Um, we get an amazing looking Canadian destroyer which Cole catches Gargano and gives him the case it looked amazing uh, from the top rope Gargano takes Cole to the announce table after being called a failure um, and you get like, this implant buster thing that Cole does uh, to Johnny on the announce table Johnny breaks the 10 count um, and eats a super kick while he's on his knees um, we get some trading of super kicks and the Gargano escape distraction then by the undisputed era Gargano um, escapes as Cole taps and he gets sprayed but it goes it taps out ref bump has just happened sorry he gets sprayed one of the attitude um, the attitude era the undisputed era in the eyes by fish another the ref bump by Johnny has happened still just two uh, he gets flipped to the, he flips to the outside he flips Cole to the outside onto the other members of the era Johnny takes out the rest of the era eats a super kick gets another last shot misses the last shot Gargano puts him into the escape Cole taps Gargano wins I've just written then Candice LeRae for some reason because she came into the ring and congratulated him um, he goes ringside celebrates with his mom and his dad and then up the top of the ramp the uh, I can't remember what he's been calling himself but didn't he call himself the uh, like the end credit edition or something 
Champa turns up and Champa gives him a hug wearing his neck brace and both three men oh sorry both both three of those friends uh, celebrate at the top of the ramp um, and Adam Cole doesn't win the only prediction I made tonight that didn't come true um I we know that the original plan for this was going to be him versus Champa and I'm going to ask you this question first Mags um obviously we have we were always going to have a new champion but we now have a new champion in Johnny Gargano uh do you think that he should have won this title tonight or do you think he should have waited to win it off Champa later on well, I, I picked Cole to win. Now, that was not because I don't think that Johnny's a, a credible champion. He absolutely is, and sometime in his NXT career, he should have definitely won that title. I don't think it takes away much from the, the uh, Gagano versus Champa feud because the belt is still there. Uh, it's just obviously switched hands. I'm actually kind of glad that the, the, the fight versus Johnny and Champa didn't happen today because we would have had so many fights in such a short period of time. This is a story that I would absolutely love to see brew and brew and brew until it finally explodes and we get a big fight. I mean, how many times have they fought already? Is it three or four times over the space of a year? And yeah, yeah they've, they've all been absolutely amazing fights, but sometimes it's a little bit overkill. WWE tends to do that a lot where they'll they'll land on a great match so they'll run it back again and again and again in quick succession I'd like to see this uh, Gagano versus Champa happen a year or so down the line so we've got that that long building almost like epic storyline to, to play into but going into the match wow the, the first two pins the, the chatter I was seeing on Discord and Twitter was this match sucks, oh my God. And I knew full well that they were saving the best for that last one. And Jesus Christ, what an absolute barn burner them two guys had. Such a brilliant fight. They were legitimately five times when I thought that that fight was over. And obviously you're in the in the uh, Brain Buster group. You can, when you, when you look back, you'll see all the times I've said, oh my God, how has that actually happened? How is this guy still alive? How is he human? Wow, my heart was was absolutely pumping. These are two guys who I absolutely adore, and they brought it. If that's not a Dave Meltzer seven star match, there is something wrong with the universe. Um, they, they, I think it, it would be seven stars, but neither of those men have the surname Omega. Um, <laughs> uh, I uh, I love Kenny Omega, but no, you're right. You're right. That that match was fantastic as a a baby because I'm gonna put this in and I'm gonna ask this to uh, to Alpha, um, but there's something that I think we all noticed when that match first started and that was that they came out and the crowd were cheering for Cole obviously they do and they did the whole bay bay and then Gargano came out and it, and they were not behind Gargano at or at or the crowd and I think a few of us said it in the chat um, here on the channel that <laughs> if Gargano wins these people will riot 
and you know like Cole was getting there were a few spots there where Cole looked like he was getting hit and the crowd looked like they were out for blood they did not want Gargano to win however by the end of the match nobody in that audience were you know would be unhappy if Gargano won and that just goes to and this is quite the question for Alpha um is that the, you were talking about this earlier on you know about how the control of the crowd and how you used to watch matches where it was more about the, the crowd reacting to what's happening um do you think that that was like what Meltzer would call a five-star match because they Johnny Gargano came out and took the crowd from a crowd that hated him to one that wanted him to celebrate with them you could see it you can you can literally hear it in the crowd as the mood changes um so so yeah how would you sorry how would you compare him to people of your what that you watched before when you were younger this took me on a, a ride like everyone else I'm watching this for the very first time with these two guys who and I just kept drawing comparison between other great matches like these and you know I was I was already there going like oh you know Adam Cole is showing so much of skill of what he can do there's no way this guy can lose but the trading blows they're going back and forth it was absolutely phenomenal to watch that and there was no to me there was no one trying to outstage the other which is like throughout this whole show there was no one upstaging each other or trying to nick their spots which is a really cool thing to see because every now and then you do it you do see it when they were a little bit pissed off at each other if you're like well you weren't really meant to do that but this I see I was I was impressed by um, Johnny, but by the end of it, I still I still wanted Adam Cole to win because I felt he put more like emotion towards the crowd, and um, than what Johnny did. It, it felt like Johnny was trying to play down and be more the victim, which is why I was really annoyed when they threw in the. Um, the other team members in there to like cause the ruckus. I was like, you're just ruining a great match here. And did not to me, there was no need for that. It would it would have made more sense to Johnny to absolutely bring it back on his own with no oh well he fought off all these men. Just him against Adam, then just absolutely bring it back and prove mano a mano that he can do this. See, but again, at the beginning of that, like, I did kind of like, I think this is the reason why the crowd were a bit, like, unsure as to how to react. Because, like, Adam Cole, like, he's he's got the Undisputed Era at the top of the ramp as he's coming down the ramp. And instead of bringing them down with him and them all hanging around ringside, he, got, he sees them all. He's like, see you guys later. And then he just went down on his own, which is a really face thing to do. It's like, yeah, guys, I got this. I got this. Don't worry about it. And so... I think that's why the crowd were a bit confused. Um, 
but uh, I I thought again really really good match um, really well sto- really uh, story well told uh, the crowd went home happy it was just the right amount of Undisputed Era it was a great introduction to people that potentially are watching NXT for the first time um, it gives you an idea of what the Undisputed Era like gives you an idea of what Adam Cole's like um, and I, I thought both of those men did amazingly uh, and I did like the Champa bit at the end with Champa coming down and this this boyhood dream um of johnny gargano and going to wrestlemania weekend with there with his wife and uh i I think that it's a really well told story uh and it was a great match was a great match and you have a new um nxt champion in johnny gargano uh who there's so many there's so many feuds that they can have now um so before we go to the uh the last segment of the evening um i want to just get a general rating from you folks for the show so on on here we do our ratings in Meltzer style five stars or less uh you can go six stars if you want if their surname is omega but uh the uh i i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna go last so let's start with uh, with Alpha, new to the channel. Um, what would you give this out of five? Five being best, one being worst. I'll give it four, and I won't. The only reason I'm not giving it the full five is because, um, like I say, there's certain points in certain matches, especially with the last match with the interference, where I felt things were unnecessarily needed, and I felt that it was robbing me from the experience slightly but it made me a fan of NXT and I'm definitely going to start watching it more often great great okay and Mags uh, out of five give me give me your stars give me your ratings well I've been an, an NXT uh, fan for quite a long while now and I said that NXT TakeOver uh, New Orleans was was always going to be my favourite and I didn't think it would be able to be topped. Now I understand uh, Alpha's points that there were little bits that weren't that were taken away from being a perfect show but compared it to uh, NXT TakeOver New Orleans I would have to say that I enjoyed this show more so I, I would have to give it a five star like I said it wasn't an absolutely perfect show but it was damn close yeah I mean we can go we can decimalise here my friend we can decimalise um I'm I'm gonna um I, I try not to give five stars to stuff because it, it breaks the scale. Then we have to go Meltzer. <laughs> That's why we have seven stars. But I, I would I would say on my general like watching it uh, again another thrill ride of a match because I'm going to be picky and I'm going to pick up on the fact that the women's match was like a million miles a minute. Um, I would probably say like a 4.5, a 4 to a 4.5, only because we don't know what's going to happen at Mania yet, and we don't know what's going to happen at the G1 Supercard. And I think that this is a chance for each of those companies 
to one up each other now. So I'm gonna. I'm, I think my rating may change when we get to Sunday. You know, putting it into uh, like a consideration with all the other ones. But right now, I would happily give it like a four point five and say, "What? I'm watching it right now. It's on the network again, and I'm just seeing this tag team match, and I'm like, oh, it's about to be the finish, and I'm like, oh my god, oh my god. Uh, even without the sound, I could tell that the crowd are bloody loving, and the Queen of Ne was there. Hate her so much. So was JPQ. I hate him so much. He went and saw David Arquette at the penis party. I hate him so much. But uh, but um, but yeah, like it's um, it was a great show. Really, really liked it. Now we're going to take you to a segment that I have forgotten to do images for, and I will at some point. But it's a segment that I like to call. <clears throat> Whose face don't run your place? So uh, that that'll do. That'll do. Uh, so let's start. Let's. So this segment is a segment where we speak about, and it's it's not their face. There's nothing wrong with their face. Yeah. Let let's let's get away from me talking about people's faces. It could be anything. Like the example I always give is from NXT uh, UK Liverpool. For some reason, I didn't like Eddie Dennis's shorts. They looked weird. Oh, they looked really weird. I know. It does not. It doesn't have the body shape to, to pull them off. It doesn't have the ass for those shorts. Ugh. That's it. Yeah. Got big shot anyway. He's too, he's too small for his britches. Uh, I uh, so with with that in mind, uh, I'll let you guys go first. Um, and let's let's start with Alpha. Whose face? Oh, sorry. <clears throat> Whose face? Don't run your place. Do we incru- include the crunchy man? <laughs> of course that, you that, can. That's my answer as well, then, because his clothes were horrific. <laughs> I say that, and also, I'll just make um, one little point. Matt Riddle confused me with his faces in particular, and as being new to him, I just, yeah, his face completely confused me throughout the whole thing. Um, we got RJ in the chat. Can you use an announcer? Of course, of course you can. RJ, I know you're not with us, but you're with us in spirit. Whose face don't? Sorry, <clears throat> whose face don't run your place? Oh, I forgot. He's not on the line. I was, I was waiting for him to say something. <laughs> <laughs> when you come back, <laughs> when you come back to this in the chat, it's it's four forty in the morning, everybody. Uh, when, when we get to, we'll let him to come in. And yeah, this EPW. Yeah, that's how we started exactly. Eddie Dennis shorts. Um, RJ, when you get a chance to respond, let us know whose face don't run your place. Um, but next, Mags, mm. whose face don't run your place? Sam Robert. <laughs> I'm gonna leave out. Um the golden voice or whatever his nickname were because yeah that was just his his fashion sense is horrific for me uh, it's it's Roddy Strong I love him as a wrestler I just don't like him in Undisputed Era I don't think he belongs so he's the person whose face doesn't run my place unfortunately I'd like to see him go back to being a single wrestler to be honest RJ, I wish you were in this chat now. So RJ's just said, uh, the face that don't run his place is Sam Roberts. He looks like the rat from the Muppets. <laughs> Rizzo. <laughs> with, a, with a ginger afro. <laughs> like, I saw a message on Twitter. Someone said, I don't like Sam Roberts because he looks like what Dean Ambrose would look like if he stopped caring. 
and I'm like, he does. I looked at him then. I was like, oh my god, he does. Um, uh, his hairline does not suit the hairstyle. It looks like he's he's got a big like wig on, but it's slipped back a little bit and revealing like he's that he's bald underneath. <laughs> It's like his head has grown since he bought the wig. Uh, it's too cute. <laughs> um, but uh, so, so the, the face, the face that mm, the face that don't run my place. So the face that don't run my place was potentially riddle because like he is a riddle, an enigma, if you will. Um, but the, the face that don't run my place um, on this show was, I think, it was Vic Joseph. I think it actually was Vic Joseph um, because of his bloody pronunciations. And I still say this. I think Nigel Guinness is messing with him. And I think he saw the word Coventry and he thought, yeah, I say Coventry. And Nigel Guinness is like, nah, mate, it's it's, Cove, it's Coventry or Coventry. He was calling it Coventry. Yeah. Come on. He was there. Like, people must have said, you mean Coventry, mate? And he went, <laughs> Coventry. Uh um, so yeah. Plus, there were British people there that could have helped him. So Vic Joseph is is is, is my face that don't run the play. Uh, now that that is everything for this evening. Um, thank you both for joining me, um, RJ. Thank you for joining in the chat. Um, I hope everything's cool. Um, and EPW, thank you for joining um, all the people that have joined this evening. Um, and I'm gonna, as as we always do, um, I wanted to say. I'm going to give you guys a minute to just let us know anything that you've got coming up um, and just a general where we can find you and that kind of business. You're both professionals. I don't have to say words. Next, that's first. Uh, Max, you can go first, mate. Please help. <laughs> Here we go. This might take more than a minute. I Perfect. am Max. You can find me on Twitter at DJ Kirby or just search for Max. I have a podcast called Why We Watch where I interview uh, content creators and fans and discover their history, uh, why they like wrestling, how they've got to, to the point of their wrestling fandom they're in now. I also do a UFC podcast called Fan rounds where we look back at the the previous events and give a bit of a review and i've also got a new podcast on the brain buster radio collective which drops today the debut episode with my very very good friend paul toller it's called badlands and it's a podcast about mount rushmore's of wrestling but not just the classic mount rushmore of the best wrestlers uh, in history but every week we'll have a different topic so, for instance, one week it might be the best, the Mount Rushmore of title belts or the Mount Rushmore of WrestleMania moments. So, yeah, have a keep a look out for that on the Brain Buston Radio Network. Um, which which days do they go out, Mags? That's Saturday, isn't that it? That goes out today, my friend. It will be out today. I share, t- I share Saturdays with my friend Conrad, who is in the chat from the Everything Pro Wrestling podcast, and we are the soundtrack to your wrestling weekend. Oh, I like that. You like you like sexy Saturdays. Definitely, smexy Saturdays. Oh. 
Okay, love it, love it. Uh, so yeah, thank you very much for joining us today, uh, uh, Mags. Mate, I, I love it. I was on, um, I, I was on episode ten of uh, the Why We Watch Pod. It was a really good experience. Um, I was, I felt really comfortable with um, with Mags. As I said before, he's uh, he, he was really, he was really gentle with me. He bought me dinner. It was great. <laughs> it's inter- interesting. I'm on episode ten of this hot turn round table. It's like almost like it was planned. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah no it was really really cool um, and I really do thank you for that it was um, it was great to be able to talk about me me as opposed to foul me um, and I think I think I opened up a bit more in there than I probably have in any other one of the interviews that I've done and I really want to thank you for that Um, and next up uh, is Alpha from uh, Mag Show is so good you need a cigarette after look at that RJ look at that look at that um, uh, RJ's face runs my place now I want to uh, want to take you next to Alpha um, thank you very much for joining tonight um, I it's been really really cool uh, and I'd like to give you as much time as you want to go ahead there and tell us where you are and all that kind of stuff Right, guys, I'm Alpha from Alpha Review Reel. Um, I'm a gamer, and it's I'm evolving my channel currently into producing interviews, gaming content, and a lot of other cool, wacky um, shows. So just type in Alpha Review Reel, and you'll pop by me. Uh, yeah, you'll see streams. I got a live stream planned for tomorrow. I do a wrestling fantasy matches where I do um, in my own take on um, commentators. And I got a lot of cool stuff coming up. So if you are into gaming, come check us out, guys. I would, I would totally th- thank you very much, Alpha. I would, I would very much um, say go and check out what Alpha does. He, um, he's, he's a very brave guy. Like he's, um, he's got a lot more balls than a lot of us out there. Um, that's because he owns a ball pit. But also, <laughs> <laughs> also. <laughs> Also, he's produced some really, uh, really personal content that has taken a lot of courage to produce, and I really, really, I'm so, I'm so bloody proud. Like it's, um, it's, it's really, it's really humbling to have people out there that, um, that make you feel like you've done something good, and I do feel that. So, thank you very much for that, Alpha. Um, and you, the stuff you're doing at the moment, and obviously you're a wrestling fan, um, it's great. It's, it's really, really cool. And both of these two guys are really. Max is saying it in the in the chat and that this um, you guys are awesome. No, you guys are awesome. Um, all of these folks um, really supportive, and I really like the fact that we've had a really good discussion about wrestling, ripped on each other, and it's bloody quarter to five in the morning, and they're still staying awake uh, to chat about graps. So um, we will be um, doing some more stuff coming up. I will be working with Alpha and Mags on some other bits and bobs. Obviously, Mags is one of my brain buster bros, so um, EP Dub's in there as well. Um, but I'm I'm really excited to to do the brain buster stuff, and something like this was always coming, um, and it's kind of kind of great that it's happened while we're falling we're standing under the same umbrella um i 
Awesome, and there's some subbing going on in the chat. I love it. Um, this ep- this this episode will be released on my podcast feed, paloriginal.podbean.com, um, sometime tomorrow when I've woken up and uh, I've I don't know done stuff. But this will also be cut into a separate show, which will be going out on this YouTube channel as well. Um, all the links will be in the description for all these guys, including RJ. Um, all of those links. Uh, yeah, the, bro- the brain bust to bros and queen and while queen is out there potentially getting drunk after the show because i hate her now uh and jp they're probably getting drunk together with monocles and martinis and i don't know but um they uh they are also part of the brainless family and i'd really like to thank them as well um we've still got some days to go as these two gentlemen have said um epw and um mags badlands pod with paul tolly is out tomorrow so make sure you're subscribed to Brainbuster. let me just change over and then i can show you the symbol as i close out the show that is not the thing that i wanted that is all that's um and bring you back to this. So I'll just pop up the Brain Buster dealie so you can all see it. Uh, I'll do that and I'll do that. And almost like I know what I'm doing. So, uh, check out Brain Buster. There will be links in the description as well. Um, I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight that have joined on the long, 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 long stream. We'll be back tomorrow for a random live stream at some point in the daytime. And we'll also then be back for G1 Supercard. All watch along. Take Roundtable directly after. Guest to be announced tomorrow at some point in the daytime. And then we're going to do the same thing for WrestleMania. Same thing for Raw after Mania. Same thing for SmackDown after Mania. Go and check out my also my top 10s. I'm going to put out a random top 10 over the next few days. You'll see it and uh, it's, it's dance break. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go to sleep now because I'm tired. Very tired. Yeah. Getting cranky. Go to bed. But uh, I uh, am going to end that. If there any, is there anything else you guys want to promo coming up, feel free as, tri- as a tradition, make noises while I attempt to end the show. That's all I ask. <laughs> Um, I just hope everyone has a really good WrestleMania weekend. I know Sunday's going to be absolutely hectic for me. I've got uh, like a three-hour drive to Fowl's Ends in Birmingham for uh, my son's first ever MMA fight. Uh, then obviously we've got to get all the way back to Burnley in Lancashire, so I'm struggling to make it back for the for the pre-WrestleMania uh, pre- pre-show. But yeah, it's going to be about a 26-hour I was going to say, there is obviously a bit of news. I don't know if you want to talk about it, but there's a bit of news, cute news. Can we talk about it? Go for it. Ah, so Max is a grandpapa, and like he's got a cute oh, little granddaughter yes, and everything. Oh my Gosh. god. She is amazing. She's... I know it's biased, but she is probably the most perfect baby in, in the history of mankind. She's just, she's, I would kill everybody for her. She's amazing. I love her. Absolutely. I, I didn't think I could love a, 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 just someone else that much. And but she, she's, she's gone onto the top of my love pyramid. The wife has been knocked down the spot. Oh, uh, right. 
become like the unofficial mascot. Like she's become the unofficial mascot of Brain Busters. Like we all feel like we're babysitting her. Like through uh, like. You can all babysit if you want. That's no problem. <laughs> I'm happy to babysit from afar. <laughs> it's like babysitting in spirit. Um, but yeah, like, that, that's really cool news. And like that, that's what I mean. Like I really like this Brain Buster family because it's like. It's like we were there, essentially there for the birth. We were like in the in the in the room. We we're like in the room there. I remember just thinking it was great. Um, and and Alpha, anything you want to say before um, we ow before, before we uh, end the show? I just want to say thank you to both you guys for bringing me into your world and let me experience this. This is awesome. Well, stay in it, mate. Stay in it because it's only going to get better from here. Believe me. Yeah, um, you are welcome onto any of the shows at any point, Alpha. I, I know that you're um, you're working and you work a really hard job and it's not always the easiest to be able to get time to do it. So I want to thank you for making the time um, and for making the time to waste with us anyway. No worries, uh, no man. Yeah, uh, and that's it then. I think we've I think we've blown enough smoke. I'm going to end this show, but uh, have have a great evening. If I don't see you before, we're doing some random live streams all over this week for WrestleMania week, and um, that's it. I'm going to go to bed. Bye, folks. Thanks for listening to the show, and if you'd like to hear more, then feel free to follow me here on the podcast ways. Also, you can check me out on youtube.com slash foulorigineralwrestling for the weekly wrestling recap, which happens every Wednesday and Sunday live on YouTube, 8pm GMT. This has been a Foul Original Podcast. Thanks for listening. Hear you next time.